Content warning. On this podcast, we discuss sensitive issues, including but not limited to swearing, tasteless jokes, mentions of drug use, and situations of a sexual nature. This podcast is not intended for children. Welcome. Apparently spooky season. <laughs> Welcome to our bonus for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> that is what this is, right, Pam Bam? <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> we did agree we're doing a Halloween yeah. bonus. <laughs> which is why we moved and looked at No Sleep podcast mm-hmm. one of one, the best podcasts out there mm-hmm. this is a- another suggestion from bugs uh and brought to us by hey hey because mm-hmm. he was like oh yeah this is the other one you should pick uh it is called my anime pillow and so you listen to it and you're gonna tell us all about it unfortunately Tell you about this love story? Question mark. Definitely a love story. I, I a guess. tragic love. Tragic. Tra- yeah, it's definitely tragic. <laughs> <laughs> so please enjoy our foray and our bonus episode into the No Sleep Podcast. Hmm. Worst stories. So this one's by Holly Dionis. I think it's how Holly Dionis. Pretty sure it's how. I it's don't know. <laughs> anyway. So it, it follows a young boy whose name I did not bother to write down. Oh my <laughs> God, Bam Bam. We're professionals. It doesn't matter. It never comes up. <laughs> and he's not like a kid. He, well, he's like, what, 13, 14? He's early he, teens. The text specifically says that he is between 15 and 18. So a teen. Okay. Right. I thought that was weird because, you know, it's him telling the story. And he himself says he was between 15 and 18. Okay. Like, he doesn't know how old he was, Um, which is confusing to me. (laughs) Well, I can't... Wasn't he telling this story like, oh, this thing happened when I was a kid? Yeah. Or is it a recent thing to him? I don't remember. It it doesn't specify. Just some nebulous amount of time in the future. It just seems like this is kind of a big event, and you would probably remember about what age you were. (laughs) I would think. So he's very depressed and uh, watches anime a lot. Right. Sad anime kid. Very sad anime kid. Yeah. Uh, No one understands him. His parents don't like or respect him. Right. I mean, stinky teenage boys are very Mm -hmm. hard to like and respect. Yep. Just stays in his room and watches harem anime. Yep. And he has a particular obsession with a character in some show named uh, Annie Kawa. Right. Who is his role model slash love interest slash porn. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he goes on like a a lot of forums about the character and the narrator pronounces waifu as waifu. And I thought that was very funny. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) And his brother is like your average uh, high school jock D-bag. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's his older brother yeah right yeah and he's voiced by atticus jackson i love atticus jackson i'm fine with him in this one he 
is so good at being a bro jock See, Chad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say for this, because that's exactly who he is in this. Mm-hmm. Because anytime he tries to play anything besides just that kind of bro-y dude, uh, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Peter Lewis playing anything but creepy old man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, no, yeah. go back to creepy old man. <laughs> that is your specific talent. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes online and he finds a body pillow of this Annie Kawa character and mm-hmm. she's like nude on the pillow. Right. Yep. And uh not quite sex doll, but yeah, as close as he I mean can get might it. as well be. Right. Yeah. For his purposes. Mm-hmm. He initially can't afford it, but he finds one shipped from uh, Australia, like on Wish or something. Right. For like 30 bucks. Yes. So, he finds the discount one. Mm-hmm. Buys it, and just so happens that the pillow is going to arrive the same week that his parents are on vacation. Right. So he can have lots of alone time. Right. And with his, his pillow. parents don't get to see him bringing in his fuck pillow. <laughs> and like his older brother is there to basically babysit him right yeah kind of well yeah that yeah that's pretty much his place in this but he only shows up like once Mm -hmm. like throughout the entire story he shows up once to be like uh hey bro you gonna go up in your room and masturbate and (laughs) (laughs) and then he just leaves and then he does Spoilers. <laughs> uh, oh wait, his brother dies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's him who loses. Don't don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it. So he gets the pillow up to his room, and he's like automatically infatuated with this pillow. Like right away, starts referring to the pillow as she. Uh, like the the pillow feels things yeah uh and it's already kind of weird uh so he like goes shopping and like preps up for like a really romantic night yeah and uh at one point he says like i i can't i couldn't wait to try her out which i know it's literally an object but it still still feels like he's objectifying (laughs) too much (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) which i felt was actually really accurate to how a kid in this situation with these lack of experience or appropriate uh Mm. avenues for (laughs) well i think in real life like that level of empathy for an object is just it's kind of just your mind practicing to eventually be in that kind of relationship maybe right like with little girls you're allowed to play with toys and dolls and then you make them kiss each other and they get married little boys aren't quite given that same permission Mm -hmm. to act out those behaviors and then it's seen as gross and yucky because it's not oh it's their wedding day it's the wedding night Mm -hmm. and that's the fantasy that's going through his head yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh so he comes back home and he is lusting after this pillow he he has some time with his pillow and watches anime and uh in the middle of the night he feels what he presumes to be a heartbeat in his pillow 
Right. Like it's coming to life mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. And he immediately like goes, dives right into that. He's like, oh, clearly this pillow is becoming a person because of my love. Right. And my various fluids. Yeah. yeah. Which, no, not to spoil the ending, but I felt like was kind of scary. Like, oh, wait, did he really feel that? Is he going insane? Wait, what happened? Yeah, you know, that like, was my in initial thought was, yeah, he's, he's like having some kind of break right now. <laughs> yes. So he becomes increasingly convinced that his pillow is alive and the more love he, it receives, the more real it will be. And he even does some Googling about it and he just gets more weird forums and he's starting to feel conflicted about developing feelings about the pillow he's been humping. And uh, then he has a horny dream about the pillow, notices the pillow is fraying when he wakes up. And then he is conflicted about stapling it back together because he's afraid that it's going to come to life and have staples in it. Right. This is weird, weird, man. His fantasies conflicting with what his eyeballs can see. Mm-hmm. At this point, he is pretty well convinced that his pillow is a real girl and really wants pizza. So he tries to break into his brother's room, who's been gone for like two days at this point. Right, because it wasn't he supposed to be there to watch his brother, and he was like, see ya, sucker, Mm -hmm. and he, like, takes off. He's Right, he goes off to, to, like, party with some friends, and his, yeah, the narrating person. The kid. (laughs) Yeah, the kid. Really should have looked up his (laughs) name. You should have listened to, paid attention to his name. I listened to it twice. I mean, eh, Well, if it's first person narrative, it's possible he didn't say his name. Yeah, it's possible. That does happen in those stories sometimes. I don't know why. I not, I wrote down the name of the pillow. I wrote down Annie Kawa. Well, he references her a lot. Yeah. Though. Which I guess it makes sense that he never, like the brother doesn't even say his name. So maybe it, maybe it doesn't come up. Anyway, so he can't find his brother or get any of the money that the parents left. So he just dips into his own savings and orders a pizza and uh, starts eating the pizza and like, pantomimes feeding the pillow some pizza and he gets sauce on it and that just really this really just gets him riled up he gets so upset (laughs) (laughs) well he gets upset initially because of the pizza sauce on the pillow but Mm -hmm. this also gets him excited (laughs) (laughs) so he the, the way it explains it it makes it sound like he's Sounds like he's finger banging his pillow. Right. It it really bothers me. Like just because the pillow can't say no does not imply consent to me. <laughs> it's just an object. <laughs> no, it's okay. But it still bothers me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he thinks it's real. That's what matters. <laughs> uh, so Eventually, he pokes a hole in the pillow, and uh, he starts, like, tearing it apart because he's so... He can't wait anymore for his real pillow to come to life. He thinks that a person's body is on the inside of it, ready to be born, basically. Like, Neo coming out of the slime bag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it has a black beating heart that explodes into little tiny baby spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you realize, 
Oh, he felt a pulse in the pillow. <laughs> he felt a throbbing nest of spiders. <laughs> and then uh, to bring us back to the beginning, this pillow came from Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and that's important. So then he gets bitten by the mother spider. Isn't she like huge or something? Yeah, I'm honestly I don't know how big a Sydney funnel web spider is. Mm, I don't know either. I'm imagining something like fist size. Producer, look it up. <laughs> so anyway, he gets bit like twice by uh, the spider. So he runs out of his room and like the venom is going through his body and he starts going numb while he's going down the stairs. Right, so he, like trying to run away. Mm-hmm, and he falls down the steps and breaks his back. Mm-hmm. As large as the palm of your hand mm-hmm. with its legs stretched out. Yeah. So not that big. But I guess they're, are they venomous? Are they they, yeah, they're pretty venomous. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the poisonous. <laughs> Make everyone so uh, mad. Um, yeah, actually, highly toxic for humans and other primates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird thing to me, because me and Lily talked about this. Their venom is specifically dangerous for primates, Yeah, even though they're from Australia, and uh, primates aren't endemic to the area, unless you, like, later on, the aboriginal Mm -hmm. peoples, but prior to that, no primates. That's that's wild. Mm -hmm. That's really wild. That's real weird. So he wakes up in the hospital... And finds out that it was a Sydney funnel web spider, and that his brother, at the time that he got bit, uh, had already been dead for two days in his room. Which I don't understand that because I thought they were still in the. The yeah, but the fray, the fray was like at the top corner, so that's how the mother spider was going out and escaped. Mm -hmm. Because I think the way the story told it, the nest, the like the little baby spiders were already hatched; they were just staying in the nest. So I don't know if that is actually a thing that Sydney funnel web spiders do, go out and actually mother their offspring, but right. maybe. It's just funny because you imagine this person doing all this research on these spiders and how they care for their young, but doesn't name his main character. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, would honestly, be funny. I don't know yeah. if that would happen, but that'd be funny. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he wakes up in the hospital Broken back, legs amputated, lost fingers, and dead brother. Right, because he fell down the stairs and his parents didn't come home till a few days later. I think it was like, yeah, uh, that, it was another day. Another so day. he like went like 24 hours before anyone found him. Right. So like all his limbs were pretty much just rotted at that point and the house was just covered in spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, So his parents, instead of passively disliking him, now actively hate him and blame him for the death of their other son. Right. Which, that's pretty terrible. Like, the kid's weird, but it's not his fault. He didn't actively choose to bring spiders into his house. Mm -hmm. But uh, despite his parents hating him, uh, he still watches anime and he still feels a connection with the spiders because he humped a nest of spiders for a few days. (laughs) I think at the end he says, like, I can still feel them at night. And I'm like, (laughs) I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) 
like the burn the house down meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> but yeah, that that's my anime body pillow. It's mm, eh, it's funny it? <laughs> at best. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with that one. <laughs> uh, Not the worst, because the worst is coming up next. But first, uh, do you know who will send you a pillow full of spiders? Uh, my cousin, after he went to Iraq. Ugh. He, he's, he's, he's real messed up now. Yeah, that took a different turn. Hmm. No, these ads. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's better. <laughs> Hello, Biblio freaks, geeks, and lovers. Bugs here with a couple of notes. We have a Patreon, where every month we focus on a bad book, bad movie combo. Please leave comments and suggestions on our Facebook page, or email us at biblirex at gmail.com. That's spelled B-I-B-L-I-O-W-R-E-C-K-S at gmail.com. We are on all the socials, at Bibliorex. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you are enjoying these bad books as much as we are. Hey everyone, uh, Editing Bam here. We initially didn't know what we were going to do with this part of the recording, so initially we just treated it like its own episode, so that's what's going on. This is a a separate no-sleep podcast story that we're doing here, so just in case you got confused, I wanted to let you know, but uh, enjoy. It's it's really funny, I think. Uh, I still can't. You got stop. the giggles. Yeah, I always get about to start. Uh, welcome to Bibliorex, where we want to kill ourselves. Oh my god, that's not how we start that. <laughs> welcome to Bibliorex, fellow biblio freaks, geeks, and lovers. I'm Bugs, and I'm Bam Bam, and I want to kill myself. <laughs> I told you that was the worst story I've ever heard on No Sleep. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, so we're going to do a little something different this week there, uh, listeners. Uh, Bugs suggested a story on a podcast that we both listen to, the No Sleep podcast, which is usually pretty, pretty high quality, pretty decent quality. I've loved a lot of their stories. Yeah. So we're not hating on them or anything. Oh, no. No, I love that podcast. This one is traumatically bad. This one is so bad. I could remember the name of it all these years later. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard it in years. But you were talking about doing maybe a short story or a story from a podcast. And I said, Mm -hmm. I wrote it down and said, listen to this one. (laughs) And don't murder me in my sleep tonight, uh, please. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so the name of the story. Oh, wait, is... wait, wait. Uh, content warning for extreme body horror. Yeah. Like this is beyond our normal, regular warning. This is bad. If body horror or torture captivity those kind of things bother you please skip this one because it is traumatic Mm -hmm. yep it's pretty pretty unsettling Mm -hmm. so the name of the story is the pancake family yep we'll just let everybody try to absorb that and it begins with the retired detective hobson millgate who is 
at the start of the story, clearly very traumatized and under arrest. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the one telling the story, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had forgotten how you came into how how you were presented the story at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Like, uh, he's just over and over again, like, telling the guy that's interviewing him, like, how mm-hmm. just sick to his stomach he is of this entire situation. And that he... He mentions over and over again that he wishes the guy was a serial killer. Right. Doesn't he, like, throw up, like, several times? Uh, Or almost does? Yeah, he, like, feigns it a couple of times, but only pukes, like, once during the recording. But that that feels like that's what a lot of the episode was. (laughs) It was just him getting sick and mentioning how upset he was. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember who the voice actor was? I can't remember. Uh, no, because uh, I couldn't find it on uh, Spotify. Oh, okay. Because I looked it up, and uh, I think that was like uh, maybe a patron episode or something like that. It was from it was season eight, episode one. Mm-hmm. But depending on what um, podcast host you use, or. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, sometimes it'll have different show notes. Yeah. So I don't remember who voiced it, mm-hmm. but they're in what season sixteen now. I think they're in like season nineteen. Yeah. Like this was a long time ago, so I'm not. I'm. It, it's possible. Yeah. The it doesn't really reflect. Voice on actors them. have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'll spare all the stopping and vomiting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and vomiting yeah. And stuff. Uh, so as he's recounting his story to the interviewer, uh, he starts off by talking about the reporter, Stacy Bamer, which is a weird name. I hate the name Bamer. Huh. Okay. Yep. Uh, she contacts the old retired detective, main character here, yeah, yeah. Hobson Milgate, uh, contacts him about an old cold case, the, di- the disappearance of a family of six. Yeah. And that she's holding an alleged confession from the potential culprit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that detective on the original case? Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, he's like older, like in his 60s. Mm-hmm. And the original case was 20 years before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any evidence that they found in the original case. Uh, the family was totally normal. They couldn't find like any leads to anything really sustainable for a case, and just went just went cold. They just like disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody in the family seemed like they had just been pulled out of their bed, but the one of the little girls. Uh, or one of the sisters or daughters or whatever uh, actually put up a struggle. And I think the order of events was he put them all to sleep with CO2 or something like that. Right. And she was the only one that it didn't totally take. So she was the only one that fought back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were all ab- abducted. Yeah. And at this point, uh, he just keeps mentioning that he wishes the culprit was a murderer. And that's just a central theme <laughs> really wants to hammer home. <laughs> so yeah, the case went cold and there were no leads anywhere at all until 20 years after the case had already went cold. Miss, Miss Bamer had done a recent article on the case and received the letter from the alleged confessor. Yeah. 
And she had also gotten in contact with the detective to get his take on the old case, stuff like that. And that's when she got the uh, confession. So he goes back and reviews in his mind uh, a couple of random leads during the case originally dealing with uh, some menus that had been cut out like all the important information for deciding where it came from and stuff like that. Yeah. And just uh, circling like a stack of pancakes and like just letters that say uh, breakfast wasn't quite ready yet and stuff like that. So it just seems like some wacko just sent them a weird letter. More random hints versus an actual like. Yeah. Like this is something that really, you know, here's details or mm, anything. Like why why else bring something random like that up unless it actually had some bearing on the story later on? Yeah. So the reporter, Bamer, she is actually the one that tracks down the address from where the confession came from. And it's like an uh, old abandoned metal shop. Mm-hmm. And she did this using uh, city records, is what she said. But the the detective had nothing to do with actually finding the address and stuff like that. So he had no idea how to figure all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she say she'll meet him there or something? Yeah, she meets him there against his will. Like, she doesn't want him, or he doesn't want her there at all. But yeah. she comes anyway, and he's too old to stop her, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, as they start poking around, he smells a corpse. Like, I guess he's been around enough corpses as a former police officer to know that Yeah, he, like, smells dead body. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a weird thing, considering later on. uh, Maybe not. We'll discuss that in a minute. Yeah. So, Bamer refuses to leave. They start poking around the facility, And that's when he hears a gasp uh, and he finds amongst uh, a bunch of like hydraulic presses uh, for like four by eight sheets. He finds a stack of flattened (laughs) dead people. Not dead. That would be better. (laughs) (laughs) And the stack is two feet thick. Yeah, because there are six of them, and they're all two inches thick. (laughs) (laughs) He really (laughs) put in the math there. (laughs) Like he he specifically says it's two feet thick. Uh, (laughs) So he goes on to say that they were flattened by a quarter inch every year for twenty years. Under hydraulic presses. Under hydraulic presses. Their bodies. Mm-hmm. The people that had been kidnapped <laughs> yeah. 20 years before were being squished <laughs> under hydraulic. Because you're not exactly telling the poor listeners. I know. <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about how stupid a way to torture people this is. It real and there's no payoff really. Like it's uh. so stupid. So yeah, the the the, the mastermind sick mm. sicko. Yeah. So yeah, he goes into how horrific they all look, and uh, it seems like uh, 
surgery was done on like their heads to keep their skulls from like penetrating their brain. Right. <laughs> to keep them alive. And weren't they like on breathing tubes and feeding tubes and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah. Well, he comes in and he assumes they're all dead. And he's like, thankful they're all dead. Yeah. And uh, he's like in the shocked moment. And he, in like a weird panic moment, he presses a button to turn on the air pump that breathes the bodies. And I don't know how the bodies were alive in any capacity before this. Right. If they it's, weren't. it's absurd and impossible. Yeah. So yeah. they weren't breathing up until that point. But he turns that on and then they all just start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the one on the top of the stack, because, you know, the rest of them can't talk. because They're all. Covered up by another pancake person. <laughs> so the one on top is the oldest son of the family, uh, a boy named Avery. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, he, he just starts immediately, like, begging for death. And uh, the detective is, like, trying to calm them down, but they seemingly can't hear him uh, until Bamer shows up. And she's just like, oh, that's all of them, isn't it? And apparently none of the family knew that any of the rest of them were there. Yeah. Because uh, Avery is just like, please kill me and don't tell my family what happened. What happened. Me. Not knowing that they he each was. They thought they were isolated for 20 years. Yeah. They didn't know the other ones got caught as well. Yeah. So they're all. Suddenly, a much sadder stack of pancakes. <laughs> and then the detective just shoots them all with one bullet. Because like, <laughs> they're in a stack. <laughs> and he mentions that. He's like, I guess one bullet would have done it, but I went ahead and shot all my bullets. <laughs> And listeners, the entire time he's telling the story, he's like, hold on. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. Like asking for like a a sedative from the paramedics and stuff. Can I have a pill yet? Can you give me that shot yet? No, you have to finish your story. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, the acting is done really well. That's why I was trying to remember if it was Peter Lewis who Mm. did it or not. But I I honestly don't remember which voice actor it was. The one I had to listen to was (gasps) on YouTube. So, but anyway, so he's just like, that's the end of the story. Can I get doped up now to forget all my pain about these pancake people? Um, since you listened to it recently, hmm. was it that they'd been on hydraulic presses separately and then stacked on top of each other for this moment? Yeah, it seems like it because okay. at the end, uh, so he's asking for the sedative. And he asks about uh, Stacy Bamer and says he was much, he was really worried about her because mm-hmm. she didn't like react at all and said that she might also need a sedative. And the detective that's interviewing uh, says there is no Stacy Bamer that works at as a reporter at whatever the agency was. So presumably she was the killer and she set all this up just to fuck with this one detective that worked on this case 
20 years ago to show him a stack of pancake people. Or like she knew who had done it and wanted it to be shown off. Because she's not described as being very old. No. Yeah. It really doesn't clear that up at all. It's ambiguous. Which, I mean, he is in his 60s. So for someone to be in their 40s. Yeah, could come across as, oh, I need to protect her because she's young. Yeah. So it may not uh, register that she's. An, an older person, so I don't think it said really one way or the other. But yeah, what a heaping piece of shit. How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> when you, when we came up with this idea and I said the worst stories the world has to offer, I meant it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't even know what year that episode came out, but it has been several years, and mm-hmm. I still remember. I mean, there's a few others where I'm like, oh, those were awful. Mm. Oh, those left me feeling bad. But that's the only one that truly shocked and horrified me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually with horror, usually body horror is the is the thing that usually gets me the most. Like... Uh, the Evil Dead movies, those like really wig me the fuck out. But this was just so stupid. <laughs> like, why a stack of pancakes? Why? It's like the author took that word, that phrase, the pancake family, and then had to desperate, like, almost like a bet. Like, I'll bet you can't write a horror story about the pancake family because that emotes like somebody who runs a diner and they are like you know a cartoon pancake family dancing around or something not this level of horror and just travesty yeah i mean it was well written and well executed i guess but just the concept is so dumb like number one implausible like it contrives itself to just be more ridiculously upsetting yes like not only are they pancake people but they're pancake people that thought they were alone for 20 years and then they were pancake people that found found out out their entire family were also pancake people (laughs) and they got to deal with that horror and then be murdered yeah Nothing redemptive. There's nothing at all redemptive in the story. Mm -hmm. And that is usually what makes me mad about a story is there's no hope at the ending. There's no redemption. There's no even, oh, this could have gone a different way if someone had done something else. You know, like there's no there's no lesson or meaning or anything beyond we want to make you as sick as possible listening to this story. Yeah, it was just needless body horror. Yeah. Uh, And it's body horror from the get-go because he's sick. He's begging for a sedative. Mm -hmm. He's gasping that he wished this had been a mass murderer instead of... (laughs) That is a good hook, though. It was. Yeah, Uh, for real. Because the whole time he's just like, I wish he was a murderer. Like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Right, what could be worse than mass murdering a family? And apparently it's making a family into pancakes. (laughs) Yeah... Because who the fuck would think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Well. You know what won't turn you into a pancake, Bam Bam? My local news reporter. (laughs) 
<laughs> that doesn't actually work. Out <laughs> of journalism. Place. These ads. Sorry, Bugs. No ads here today. But you do get a personal thank you from me, Editing Bam. Have a happy Halloween. We thought a nice little bonus episode would be good. And uh, just thanks for sticking with us while we're figuring all this out. We really appreciate it. And if you want to support us, uh, go visit our Patreon. and Or just like and subscribe. Uh, that that whole thing uh, it, it does a lot for us uh, mostly our egos so uh, thanks we love you probably <laughs>